This is Cam Jam's Corner, where there's always a glass of whiskey in my hand. So if you feel like you can keep up, sit down. Let's have a chat. Cheers. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Cam Jam's Corner. This is your host, Cam Jam. And I have a uh, person I've known for a very long time. Um, this is, we're going to call him Boy. Uh, really good friend of mine. I think I've known you for... 10, 10 years now, right? Right Sounds on 10 years. Like that, yeah. Heck yeah, man. I'm glad you can make it today. I'm glad yeah. you can figure hey, this how's out. How's it going? Yeah. Um, we're going to get into, you know, a lot of our stories and what we've done before. But of course, like I start every uh, episode, we're going to talk about a little bit of the whiskey we're drinking today. And uh, you made a pretty cool choice, a classic choice of Jameson. Uh, I love Jameson, man. It, it it gets a weird rep for some reason. It's it's labeled as one of those like cheaper whiskeys. But I don't. I think the Irish makes some of the best cheap whiskey. I don't know. Have you ever had Tillamore Dew too? I think I had you get that bottle. Mm-hmm. How do you like that? It was pretty tasty. It's a good bottle, right? right. It's Twenty bucks. There's nothing wrong with it. I don't know why people get this weird perception like you have to spend a bunch of money to have really good whiskey. I heard one time that the big difference. Uh, you can tell a huge difference between bad whiskey and good whiskey, but you can't tell a huge difference between good whiskey and great whiskey, especially if you don't really know what you're doing. You know what I mean? If you're jumping right in and you're spending $200 on a whiskey, you don't know why you're doing that. Right. You know what I mean? You're so new to the game. Start easy. Start thin. Start with like one or no and try to, you know, work your way up the ladder. Don't dive right in and be like, I bought this bottle because look how big my dick is and swing it around. You know what I mean? So, I mean, why do you drink Jameson? Why do you prefer it? Uh, it's the budget. It's the budget, right? And it's not, and it's easy. It's easy it drinking. It's tasty, simple. If you throw it on ice, it's easy. If you drink it neat, if you want to take a shot of it, you don't feel like you're disrespecting whiskey. If you want to shoot it really quick, right. it's easy. What's really cool about them is they're the number, they're the third highest selling whiskey in the world next to Jim Beam. And then the number one is uh, Jack Daniels. But what's crazy is they actually buy all of Jack Daniels old barrels because by law, um, bourbon or sour mash, which they're very close. Sour mash comes from Tennessee and then bourbon originated in um, Kentucky, but now it's, across america it was up until like the early 90s but uh they buy all of jack daniels old barrels because these companies need to get some sort of money for these barrels they can't just you know that's that's a that's a lot of money that they spend on brand new oak barrels because they have to be new then they use them once they have to get something back from them and scotch and irish have to be finished in something they can't use a brand new barrel so you know seems to go together why not buy them so jack daniels sell them also kind of there's, there's a drop of jack in every single bottle of jameson so even though the number one and number three they do they share a lot and you, that's where it gets a lot of its sweetness from you know what i mean like if you've, if you've ever had jack daniels it's got a lot of caramel from it because they what they do they send the flame through the barrel and it chars inside of the barrel and that's where a lot of the caramel comes from because the flame will actually caramelize the inside of the wood so they finish in it so it gets that that whiskey taste plus it's caramelized and that's where that 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 sweet caramel flavor will come from the flavor of jameson that's amazing if you try it you actually see that caramel comes through from it that's the strongest note in jameson the sweetness it's like a sweet caramel right at the end right yeah you still get your alcohol and of course it's always going to be there another big misconception no matter how much you spend on alcohol you're always going to taste the alcohol no matter what 40 50 60 doesn't matter you guys you're always going to taste it. Right. Get that out of your head. Know, know why you're spending the money before you spend it, definitely. So, outside of that, let's get into our, where I know you're from. So, I believe 18, right? Is that 18 when I met you? Nin- yeah, 18 going on 19. Crazy 19th birthday when I was here and you wouldn't let me smoke the bull that you're hitting. <laughs> yeah. Because it was my birthday and you made me hit the freshie. 
One of the meanest, nicest things anyone's ever done to me. Cheers, yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was a big birthday. It was. It was cool, man. I appreciate that. It was, it was a cool experience. Can't um, walk into a burnt bowl. No, never. Especially on your birthday. Right. Disrespectful, right? You got to do green. Got to right. do the greens. Um, well, probably the the coolest thing that we did was during the crazy gray area of the medical world of marijuana was we came up with the genius business idea because we're quite the entrepreneurs, of course. Um, we decided to get into this medical world and start making money on it, become lucrative off of it, correct? Right, so we um, went down to, you know, drove a little bit, went to some random sweet bee, talked to Chad in his white jacket, told him our ankles hurt, and he gave us this piece of paper that said that we were legally allowed to smoke weed. <laughs> Sick. What a weird time, right? Right. Like it wasn't illegal. It wasn't legal, but like someone just said we could. Yeah, I think it was Dr. Karen Law. Dr. Karen Law, that's yes. right. That was her name. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I remember the first time we went to Redmond. Path. Yeah, natural path. <laughs> yeah. And then we she moved to Renton. That's yeah. right. Dude, that's so wild. It's so weird. We literally lived through that. That's going to be a time, I feel like, in history once marijuana becomes federally legal. Right. You know what I mean? Like there'll be stocks involved in business and all that stuff. That's going to be a time we're going to look back and it's almost going to be laughable, like a prohibition style time. We're going to be like, look right. at that weird time, dude. You know what I mean? Like medical days right like. the medical day hey people yeah, yeah. it's just like uh kids these days aren't gonna know what it's like to go meet a guy in a parking lot yeah like, it's not gonna happen never oh my that's just no reason for it or like the fact that there's freaking vape cartridges right you can sit i can walk into target with a vape cartridge and puff on a vape cartridge and no one will even know dude you don't have to walk around with a smelly bag of weed mom's like, yeah, what's yeah, that like? No, i farted okay i farted leave me alone mom right like it's it's such a weird time you can just go and buy a cartridge out to a bat I don't know. Even I mean, a quick. Even some of these nicotine cartridges. I had a buddy come over um, and bring a watermelon lime little like square nicotine cartridge, and I just tried it. Bro, I'm on the fence now sometimes because I can see why that I can why they're like maybe we should outlaw these, bro. Those taste like candy. Right. Those are so dude. That's not bad. okay. Yeah, it's not. Okay. I'm all, but I also understand that there's a sense of like being an adult, like alcohol tastes good and all that stuff. But man, those taste very good and i don't like nicotine you know me my whole life i don't right, like right. i don't like it. i'll smoke a cigar here and there i definitely enjoyed chewing back in high school but when it comes to like cigarettes and like that i do not like them no dude i could puff on that all day it's bad it's bad. not good well i mean i've vaped for a very long time they're delicious and it's 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 delicious and the nicotine levels are crazy right now too yeah like I, I've heard like 20 times a cigarette sometimes up in that crazy range, like insane levels of nicotine, insane. Yeah, and I believe they're doing you. something. They're causing pneumonia with like popcorn lung right now is what the, yeah, for the vape, the medical yeah. thing is going on with it. That's what's that's like, what, that's what they're saying. I believe so. I don't think there's any solid evidence behind that yet though, but I believe that's what's popping out. So we'll see what happens with that. Anyways, after, before I rabbit trailed. So we decided to grow. We decided to do our little growing thing. So we did it, went into that, um, learned that we had the craziest, weirdest time <laughs> stories of growing in pots and carrying them across our room and into a, yeah, another that was our room. First experience. A, a separate, complete room and putting them no in a idea tub what and we were doing. using a shower. Remember, I worked freaking night crew. I would work all night long. Right. I'd come over come at six o'clock in the morning, bro. We'd work till freaking eight to 10 every yeah, Sunday, every time, dude, it was so crazy. It was the crazy. And I, then I'd be in school still 
dude, that was a crazy time. We did that for like three years, I think. Right. Yeah. It was, yeah. it was quite a run, man. Yeah. It was fun though, man. It was really cool dealing. That's honestly, if I had to take a step back and really look at it now that I'm trying to really create my own business, that's probably one of the first times I really felt like, I know that sounds weird to some people, but I mean, we had to represent ourselves. We had mm-hmm. to take our product into a business and show these people who right. owned an establishment who had a business license and say, this is our product. And sometimes they wanted it. Sometimes we had, we had a couple rough ones. We had a couple right. really, really, really good ones. Very good ones. Right. You know what I mean? We met some very cool people along the way. Um, it was a fun experience. We've had some intense moments too. Very intense uh, moments. Especially some... the one in Pacific. Mm, that was crazy. You know? <laughs> yeah, that one was pretty wild. Man. But we made a lot of money. Again, gray area. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Yeah. Very sketchy. Uh, it was fun. Like I said, I learned a lot, man. Uh, but I, I decided to step into bartending. I got married, went on a different route, decided to step into bartending. And you went on a, you went on a, a completely different route. I wouldn't say completely. I would say. I'd say it was completely different. Very well, cool. Instead of getting people high, I was trying to get people healthy. Healthy. And he started something called Aquaponics. And well, I know. I didn't start Aquaponics. Okay. But we started a company that, you know, basically grew yeah. food with Aquaponics. Yeah. And it, in my opinion, was the cleanest, healthiest way to produce vegetables. Oh, I've had them. Uh, and also grow fish for food. Some of the cleanest energy I've ever felt eating them. I mean, throw them into a smoothie, just a handful of them, throw them on your sandwich. They're freaking amazing, man. Right. They're amazing. They're Yeah. Well, there's hundreds of farms all over the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the biggest one I know of that's most local to us is Hawaii and Texas. Makes sense. Uh, they've been open for over 50 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's they got quite an amazing farm and the variety of vegetables and fruits that they're able to grow in flowers. And mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty amazing. So what made you go from like, what made you want to go from marijuana to sprouts or vegetables? Like, what was the? Well, cannabis became recreational, and mm-hmm. the amount of money that was required to obtain a tier one license—just a small fourteen hundred square foot—it uh, was impossible at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the financial backing to make that a plausibility. So I went to work on a new idea and spent a couple of years developing it. Decided one day I'm going to go ahead and invite a couple of people that I thought were geniuses and could really help with the marketing and sales. Genius. Uh, you know, the literature of the business, meaning like the licensing and the taxes mm-hmm. and making sure that we state everything legal so that any money we made was protected or any products that we had created was protected in case something fluked. Mm-hmm. You know, we made sure all of our food was tested every single harvest. Um, we tested from all over the, the harvest. It wasn't just we didn't take just one vegetable and have it tested. Any single, all the trays that we made with the sprouts, we tested every single tray. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, posted that stuff on the website at the time when we were completely up and running. It was a pretty cool experience. Aquaponics is quite amazing stuff. It's a mixture between aquaculture and hydroponics. And, mm-hmm. and aquaculture is where you grow fish for food. And it produces a lot of waste. And that's one of the biggest issues they have, you know, growing fish is they have all this waste, which is bad to put fertilizer in water and can kill the fish if it's not filtration right. And Absolutely. With hydroponics, they're using artificial nutrients to feed plants. And in my opinion, that's very gross. It's like eating artificial sugar or eating artificial mm-hmm. anything. Correct me if I'm mistaken. Hydroponics is just using water as the the medium correct that's, that's the base to mix the nutrients that yeah instead of using soil you're just factories. letting the roots drop into water right right Which is well that's deep water culture okay or, or you know what yeah. I mean? so you would have the floats and run your roots into the deep water okay 
allowing them to collect any of the solid waste or any of the nutrients that are in the water and there's 16 macro micronutrients uh, that are inside the hydroponic nutrients as it's going through the system Heck yeah and they flush it you know there's a lot of different ways to use hydroponics mm-hmm. and aeroponics to grow you know, like roots grow wild. in the tub you know it mists the nutrients on there and it flushes and mm-hmm. it's constantly kept at a certain environmental status so then what would be the major difference between like hydroponics and like an aquaponic then because they well, sound obviously the common person would could obviously mistake that just by terminology right right well that's what i was saying in the beginning aquaponics mm-hmm. is a mixture between the two so you go ahead and get rid of the unnatural nutrients in my opinion mm-hmm. which are what they use in hydroponics the artificial nutrition and fish so you switch out the artificial nutrition for fish fish produce fertilizer through their you know feces mm-hmm. uh and their urine creates ammonia so in aquaponics this is a you know a symbiotic relationship between plants and fish uh fish create ammonia uh well, there are a couple of beneficial bacteria that turn the ammonia into nitrites okay. which is nitrobacter and then there's the second uh, beneficial bacteria, nitrosominus, that turns the nitrites into nitrates, which turns it into nitrogen, which is one of the major uh, foods for plants. You know, some of the other major ones are like iron, uh, potassium, calcium, magnesium, okay. etc. cetera. Uh, in my opinion, that symbiotic relationship is the purest form of growing veggies purely because it's not coming from cows who can create E. coli and salmonella and listeria where fish is a cold-blooded animal, it only produces none of those bacteria, mm-hmm. uh, and they can't survive in there. So the only way to contaminate it is, say, for instance, the human being. Mm-hmm. So we tried to use that in our marketing. We had a full sterile environment. We decided to grow <laughs> food in a lab instead of growing food in a greenhouse. So it completely took it indoors like people are doing with cannabis, only used a lot more in environmental equipment to control the atmosphere and the pressure in the room i remember trying uh, to walk into it i had to fully walk into that thing and like remember i had to like stand in the room the air for a minute. purification units I, I recall that oh yeah so, it was, it I mean, was we, we usually required people to take a shower before they were even able to go through the the first stage how do wear a hairnet of getting cleansed <laughs> uh to go you had full body pve uh, oh yeah your entire body's covered. i remember i that, think i had to get you on here <laughs> A lot of people that are growing in farms, I mean, over 70 to 80% of the farms is on the CDC and the EPA website.gov. Uh, they're using human feces to fertilize the vegetables. That's disgusting. In the United States of America. That's, that's crazy. That's it's, disgusting. It's disgusting. That's and, gross. I mean, I understand it goes through a pasteurization, but yeah. in my opinion, there's no way to prove what I'm about to say. But I feel like there's things uh, like caffeine, gasoline, diesel, God knows what other pharmaceuticals people flush down their toilets that may or may not be able to get filtered out that go into the food. And sure, it may end up creating a byproduct that gets absorbed into the plant or its, you know, original state, an opioid or, you know, whatever's in gasoline and diesel and all these different things that could potentially be in the vegetables that people are consuming in very small amounts, you know, very low PPM. So it's not like it's hurting you per se as you eat it the first but maybe over 30 years 40 years mm-hmm. maybe it'll have an effect that we didn't realize yeah i don't know but i think it's disgusting yeah absolutely it's just like a yeah it's the like- earth naturally created fish and plants is a symbiotic relationship uh-huh. all the rivers and lakes everywhere you see underground waters and aquifers there's vegetation i was gonna say i mean if you if you go to a river what's always around a river vegetation without a doubt 
right? There's and the river has to be the one of the best examples of like freshwater plus fish. Right. There, I mean, their their feces is all over the water, which has to be used as some sort of fertilization. Um, I'm not near the biological sense that you understand of it, but just from a common sense, standing back and looking at it, you're basically creating an ecosystem, an isolated ecosystem that's already been shown to you out in right. the world. Yeah, that's you're all doing is replicating it. Right? That's it. And, and creating an How environment. How much more natural is that outside of natural? But that it, doesn't have oil spills or CO2 over yeah. concentration or yeah. whatever else of the pollution that might or be Or a out crow there. flying in and trying to get And I mean, it. I can't honestly state, because I'm not completely a scientist in the HEPA filters or any of the other filtration units that are sold online, if they're 100% truly yeah. keeping the environment that's outside from entering the room, even being completely sealed. Mm-hmm. Uh I don't truly know. So, I mean, I could still be getting some of that environment in my environment that I'm trying to create for the plants that I would like to grow to feed people. I know you haven't gone to school to be a scientist, but you definitely talk to people and you definitely know how to pick up a book. Probably better than I, books. I know that sounds weird to some people, but you know how to pick up a book and read that book and understand that book better than a lot of people I've met. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what's led you to the ability or <clears throat> ability to be able to create what you've created and call people who have studied it hundreds of years who've studied it for you know years and years and years and hold hold a conversation with them and not you know i mean you're not asking them questions you guys are having a conversation about it you know what i mean it's so well one thing i came to realize is once you learn everything say you know it all Mm -hmm. you know every in and out of the subject you have to experience it you have to use this knowledge every day as you're creating or building or deciding what you want to do with the environment, whatever you want to do with your grow. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's, that's the most important part is the experience. Cause I mean, you can know everything. That's, that's the book smart. Street smart. It, that's exactly uh, what you just said. Different. The book, the book smart and being book smart and street smart. The guy that grows up on the street is a hustler and is out there. And then the person who sat and, and read a million books from day one, you know, that you're going to get two different people is one right and one wrong. I don't know. I think, what you do is you bring those two people together and make your fucking genius, but that's a different story. But you know, they, they both have their ups and downs without a doubt. But just like you said, after you pick up that book, you have to do something with it. You know, and, right. and that doesn't mean just go take a test. That means get out there and right. do it. You Experience. Know I mean? Just live life. You know, if you're, if you're doing an equation, find a way that you can use that equation out in real life. Right. Don't just like, here's a test. Can you do the equation? Like that's not, it just doesn't work. The only example I can think of to that is when I took, I went to bartending school when I was a, before I became a bartender and I thought I had knew what I did. You know, I knew everything. I learned these cocktails. I was like one of the best in the class. I had hundred percent on my test. I was flying through. Like I had like a live action test with live music. I had to do like 10 cocktails in this. I was flying. I thought it was all good. The second I got behind that bar and it was time to real life, that shit disappeared right. that fast. That's and amazing. you had to learn real quick. And that's why when I talk to new people, new bartenders, I almost tell them don't go to bartending school. It's almost to the point now I, I me and my wife just had the conversation about college. Do we do we send Kira to college now? Do we make her go $100,000 in debt? Or do I teach her how to read a book and send her into the free market and try to become wealthy and just learn her own? I, I, it's so conflicting nowadays, yeah. right? I mean, knowledge is so readily available. Khan Academy is out there. I, could, I mean, I'm learning about finances and stuff like that more than I've ever learned from my computer. I'm taking a psychology course that's free on YouTube. It's a 40 minute. It's like seven hours long, eight hours long. And I'm learning psychology, the basic intro to it again. You know, I took a psych class and it's so similar. I don't, it's almost like, do you want to be a doctor? Do you want to be a lawyer? So do you want to be, do you need to go to school for this job? 
Not do you want a liberal arts degree to hope to go out and find the job that can hit it? No. <laughs> do you want to go to be a lawyer and go to law school and become a lawyer and go find a job at a law school, right? Uh. Outside of that, I don't, I don't think you should go. I think you should go into the free market. I think you should learn how to better communication skills. Um, retail has taught me so much. I, I, I got to give retail the ability to maybe be able to sit down in front of a microphone and talk a I little mean, bit. It gave you know confidence. Confidence, bartender, all that you stuff. You're already creative. Of right. course. But it gave me the ability to find my words better, have a better conversation. Um, and I don't think college could – College helped me with like the technical stuff. Like if I want to get a technical debate, oh, you have you made a fallacy, you made an ad hominem fallacy involved with this that, and that stuff is nice and that's cool, and I like understanding that, and I like being able to read that because it helps me when I go into the real life, like not have like a solid confirmation bias, and I think it helps me, you know, be a better parent, be, be being able to like look at myself and like that little stuff because I can, you know, but. Outside of that, it, it's just simple knowledge that if I just took the moment to turn my computer on, pick up a book. I could have kind of learned the same stuff. Right. Right. If you just teach your kid how to read, teach your kid how to find information correct way, not just put it in the, Hey, go talk to that person over there and she's going to teach you math. And I'm like, no, this is how you learn it yourself. Right. Now go make a lot of money. Right. Does that make more sense? It does. I mean, the entire aquaponics system that I built uh, that took me four months, I made sure my sons were out there learning it. Yeah. everything that I was putting down and they completely understood and was able to, do yeah. things that I wanted them to do. And it was pretty freaking amazing. Uh, and they're like sponges, man. Just like they say, it's an old saying. My cousin, man, he's 17. I mean, and it's, it's what you bring to them. Well, their awareness of the world, mm-hmm. what they see every day okay. and the environment you choose to, you know, he was, he's been playing man. video games with us since he was maybe, I can't remember, man. And this kid is one of the best I've ever seen. I'm not kidding, man. He's, he's, he's incredible. And I remember watching at such a young age and saying, like, dude, when you get older, just because you're exposed at such a young age, which then brings you back to that original question of, do you believe in blank slate? No. <laughs> or do you believe in, like, genetics? And it's such a hard question sometimes because there's so much evidence to blank slate sometimes. Like, you just – if you throw a person in the middle of a forest, will they know how – you know what I mean? What would they – will they be able to retain something from genetic base of, like, a basic basic society – I don't know. What's that one? Uh, neuretic morphism or something like that. Have you heard of that? Basically, like, if I get stung by a bee really bad, okay, and I have this crazy experience, your generation of kids, even though we're not genetically together, are going to know not to fuck with bees. Called genet- I think it's called ne- neuromor. I, I can't remember the word. I'll have to look that up, guys. Don't quote me on this. I'll have it on my next podcast. I got you. I can't remember. I know this is kind of on the fly, but it's something morphism. I remember specifically that. It's a it's a kind of a cool subject. Of course, the idea of gen, like straight down from like within generations, right? Because that's why people that's why we're scared of that's what our scare of spiders come from. Right. Is our ancestors way, way back somewhere. We that's what we died from. We didn't die from tigers, we died from the small stuff when we were sleeping, bit us, then we died from bacteria. We knew not to fuck with that giant ass thing over there, right? right? So but now, how would it affect from like my genetics to something that's not genetically attached to me through some sort of like, like, are we all connected? Basically, is what it comes down to. Some sort of like, are we one organism? Yeah. Like mycelium or the aspen trees. But it's connected through some sort of, what's that? Like a 
almost like an energy field. I, I think so. It's got to be something. We had to start from somewhere. And I sure, we all don't share the same genetics. It's identical. But I mean, we can't every single human being is different. Uh, every single one. Even my sons, are. They, we have some of the same traits in the genetics, but the rest of it is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, I could totally see that. For sure, because we definitely we we definitely came from one being with that, or one For sure. one single celled organism with that. It's so inarguable because we, even though we might be personality difference, which is such a small portion of the yeah, human your being, character, right? Everything else, where has nothing to do with your biological. I mean, even our mass difference at you, your mass size versus me, we're in the large scheme of things. The mass difference between like me, you, and a tree are huge, but between me and you, it's so minute in the mass scale of things. Like if you put every human on the mass scale from like the smallest human to the biggest human, it's only what 200. What's the biggest human probably ever. Biggest human being ever. ever? I have no idea. Probably nine, 10 feet. No, no. Weight wise. Oh, uh, I don't know. I think I've seen a five or 600 pounder. What's the smallest human ever adult. You think probably that weighed ever. I don't know. I think it was Maybe that guy that was in the world 60, book of records, 50, that little tiny pounds. guy that was like, so that means the biggest difference feet. is 500 pounds. Right. Right. What about a tiger at that? Like there's, there's such massive, di- there's not a huge difference in human beings in size, really at the mass scale of things like the, right. You know what I mean? It's not like there's a human that's fucking 7,000 fucking pounds and like right. such a different genetic species. We can't even process it. Right. Like we're pretty fucking close. You know what I mean? Like we might be a little different, but we're really not. Right. You have brown eyes and I have blue eyes. You know what I mean? Like, mm, like we still got eyeballs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. We're pretty much the same. Though, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You got a nose, I got Yeah, nose. so we definitely started from one species. So I could see us being connected to something else because we, oh, we're we always learning at such a different, like, you know, now we're learning about gut health. We didn't know about gut health. Like right. diets come that you know, if, if you – Okay, so you have this bacteria in your stomach that craves stuff and like all of a sudden like you're eating all this healthy food and you're like, God, I just want sugar and you never feel full. Then you put one piece of candy and you're like, I feel full. Why is that? And next thing you know, you learn like, wow, we have gut bacteria that actually controls all of our cravings. And if we can wash all those gut bacteria out and reset it, all of a sudden we have new cravings. So we're constantly learning, right? When we didn't know, we just had to be like, just keep shoving vegetables in your stomach. And that's the answer. It's like, well, maybe a little bit more to make it a little bit easier. What? What do you, what if we find out one day we're like wow there's this weird energy that happens with people that we've we've developed this device that it's really odd and we find this test and we do this one thing and next thing I'm like weird they are we have this something I, I I could I could that's not out of my like the philosophy behind that that's definitely not science in mind that's philosophy like what we can't explain yet but that's plausible to me for sure I can see that that'd be fun <laughs> that'd be fun what we can do with that too right yeah. think about if we like took control of that would that be scary yeah that would be scary i mean who's not to say they haven't cloned and genetically messed with people in labs we're almost to the point now where we're going to start freaking like oh i mean oh what color eyes did you want oh blue okay oh you wanted a little bit smaller nose let me just shape that for you just like skyrim and you shape your character in the beginning we're not too far from that right we're not too far and i I don't know what it's going to be like though are you going to are you going to have to like what do you think they're going to like you're going to have to like pick genetics from certain people and they're going to do stuff and like crawl. Like they make, Oh, you have this, you have that. We're going to be able to like manipulate it. And then we're going to be able to like, I don't know. I think sex is going to become irrelevant. Eventually. Mm-hmm. Like in Superman, when they go to his other world, mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember the name of it right now at the second. We're going to pause though. We're going to take a quick intermission guys. Um, 
We're approaching that 30 minute break. Uh, I got to take a pee real quick. Uh, we're going to take a minute. We'll be right back because we're going to come right back to that. Why I think sex is going to become relevant because that's going to be a fun conversation. <laughs> All right, everyone, we're back. Hey, how's it going? Good. Nice little break. Much, much needed. Much needed. Much needed. Very nice. Uh, where did we leave off? We were talking about why I think sex is going to disappear. Now, that sounds weird. I don't think it's going to happen tomorrow by no means, but I just feel like we're already getting rid of a lot of a, prim- a lot of our primitive acts from the way we eat food, the way we travel, the way we treat one another. We're not even, we're not like running around killing each other like savages and we have moral codes that other animals, we have all this stuff. And I just think the next thing to come is we're going to figure out if we don't let technology destroy us. Um, I think we're going to figure out how to create humans. We're going to pick and choose. And I think the primitive idea of sex is going to be outdated. We're going to have, we're going to like walk up to a machine, shove your dick and it's going to, it's going to do it for you. And then you're going to click a couple buttons and you're going to make a kid with your wife. And it's going to, I think like the way you're going to do is they're going to have like, weird perfect humans they get paid perfect amounts of money and then they, they like donate certain stuff and they take genes and they can do and they're gonna be able to pick and choose and you're just gonna make this kid and i can absolutely see that on the way yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean i don't know Bro. tell me that's not a little weird to think i don't know man i don't think that's going anywhere no i can see it dude i can see it it just feels very primitive it's a very primitive feeling to people or to, to me, to see the way the way humans react around sex is pretty crazy. I mean, I, they have a whole class in psychology, like sex, like wrapped around sex. The psychology of just sexual interactions. The, I mean, it's it's weird. People kill for sex. People go to jail for sex. But it's a normalized thing. You know I mean, it's it's the way you procreate. It's our natural it's our natural being and people do weird stuff around it. I think the weird stuff comes from it being becoming so normalized to humans and we've like taken it out of control to where it is like missionary. You can't do shit anymore for the common person. Now we need like wild stuff. But I mean, it's pretty crazy. I mean, it's not nothing like the wild. We got sex swings and shit. You don't see chimps out there with sex swings. <laughs> go to the internet. Don't go to the internet, kids. kids. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I do. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I can see it, though. Have you know, seen man. the sex robots? They're coming I have. Saw that. I saw that. I think it was Joe Rogan who was talking about it. The, well, Whitney, Whitney Cummins had a whole uh, stand-up on it. She brought her sex doll on stage. It's mind-boggling. Wait, say that one more time. She brought it on stage. On stage. Whitney Cummins. She has a Netflix special. It's called... Uh... Oh, my God. I'm freezing. Hold on, I want to look that up. Pull your Netflix up right now, right now, man. It's not cap- so. She goes to the sex doll factory after her Netflix special. I don't want to give it all away, right. but she goes her the sex. It shows her going to it and getting it created. It's, it's it's actually she tells a lot of cool stories about her like. So a lot of women worry about the way they look and like you. She really felt that she got to go into a guy's mind because these guys create sex dolls and like guys don't want perfect size. They don't want the same size boobs and perfect nipples they want. It's uh, a oh, oh, Whitney Cummins. Can I touch it? 
Can I touch it? <laughs> oh, where's that's not the picture though. Yeah, if if you watch that, if you go, you start to watch it. If you go to the end of it, she pulls it out, dude, and she talks about it. It's crazy. It talks. It's a robot. She paid like a couple, like two or three thousand dollars for it. I had a guy. Yeah, but uh, it's it's wild the way she pulls it up. It, you have to see it. <laughs> but yeah, just watch it. Watch it soon. I'm right, telling you. I'm definitely going to watch it. I'm telling you. That's, that's kind of scary. It's mind-boggling. We're, I feel like we're already on the way. Because I've heard it for several times uh, out of many conversations with different people uh, going to different places that I've traveled during, with the work I do now. Mm-hmm. And people, yeah, they talk about stuff like that. Hey, did you see that they're creating sex dolls? And The only thing... My argument about it would be it's just because, and I believe you've done similar fun research on stuff like Kama Sutra and these other mm-hmm. style that go past just the idea of like the physical feeling of it to where there's more, there's much, much more than just having sex being like a, just a primitive style to where it's much more emotional, right, sensual, sensual, yeah. creating a bond between the person. Sometimes sex doesn't even mean just like the full penetration of it. So I got to use the words, but do you know what I mean? Like right. there's so much more to it. And I mean, that doesn't mean go to Spencer's and find your Kama Sutra position book. It's a very advanced book to read. It's not, it's actually very hard to read. I have the version of, I bought it and it's very, very hard. I still to this day have not finished it. I've just skimmed around, tried read portions here and there and tried to get what I can, but you have to reread a lot. The, the, the terminology is very different. I believe it's in the, correct? Kama right. Sutra. I'm pretty sure it's Indian. I'm pretty sure it's Indian. Well, thank God they made Google. What do you know, dude? 2020, <laughs> the Google effect. Pretty sure it's. Yeah. I, do you want to hear a crazy story as you do this, just to make us feel better about this? Just because why not? I read an article when I was in college called "The Google Effect" and saying that human beings are becoming less creative because of Google because it's it's an easier solution to solve a problem. <laughs> and that why well, I was like, oh, that's cold. I same in the same. It was a humanities book. I read the same one. India. That's right. Okay, that's what I thought. It's a, it's a it's fun, man. If you if if you ever get a chance to actually go on to do the research, not you. I know you definitely. We've had many conversations about this, but as the listeners, if you guys ever get a chance to go on to do some research on, I definitely suggest you should. I believe it can it can help with your passion in your life. Which, like I I talked a couple podcasts ago about how much emotion. Drip, drives your life you know you stub your toe in the morning and you have a shitty day for the rest of the day you can't really change that but you can learn to manage it you know if you can learn to manage it i believe it can help make your life better a better quality of life right. understanding emotions not suppressing you know uh, boys don't cry like it's okay bro it's okay to cry cry bro don't cry about everything don't be a bitch right don't don't be so ridiculous on that side but when your mom dies, it's okay to cry, dude. <laughs> you don't need to be weird. That's right. not okay. That's dangerous. You need to cry, right? So, where's I going with that? Also, Kama Sutra, man, it's no joke. You. Uh, you can turn your 20, 30 minute usual sex in a couple of hours. And it's phenomenal. Uh, and, and it's amazing. Yeah. It can like it can get to the point like it can save marriages, you know. It can reignite stuff. It can becoming more comfortable with your partner. I mean, that's really the big deal. I mean, you're married for life, but why wouldn't you explore each other's bodies? Why not? You know, that's definitely a weird thing in the culture, and that's which is odd because we live in such a high sex driven culture. But then you see that it's like you do see a lot 
of women sometimes they're they're scared to really explore. There's well, definitely that's where that comfortability comes in. I mean, it's up to the man in the relationship <laughs> to to bring it to the table and really doubt. make a woman comfortable and without a doubt make sure she's you know completely open to the new idea and exploration. And, and I think that's where the Kama Sutra comes in. It's not just getting her naked. Right. It's getting the environment correct, making her feel comfortable, doing right. specific Both stuff before the yeah. act, you know. And if that comes from giving her a massage to maybe she needs a conversation before, right. you know, maybe she needs to just lay there and hold, you need to hold it for a minute. Rub, do something. There's so much more to it than just Taking each other's clothes off. Yeah, and just and I mean, sometimes it's needed. And sometimes that's the way it goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, without sometimes. a doubt. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. It's life. Hey, we got four minutes. Let's do this, Let's girl. Get it. Yeah. And, you know, but that's, but I feel like those times come from because you've created such a high passion that you can have those quick times because you've developed such a bond that that passion comes in like that because right. you guys are just, you know, you understand each other at such a high level. You're just like wink and you're like wink and you're like yeah. in the bathroom. Done. I got to wash my hands. Right. You know what I mean? That actually reminds me of a funny story, man. Do you remember uh, when you called me? It had to have been like 12 in the evening, 1 a.m. in the morning. I'm not sure if you were married at the time or not. Uh, but you and Kylie were up in the middle of Patterson or somewhere deep, you bring this up. and <laughs> you guys were totally penetrating, attempting, uh, and <laughs> well, attempting, and you knocked your truck into the ditch, penetrating, stuck. Uh, and you called me, and I brought a couple of folks, and we got your truck out of there. That was hilarious. <laughs> Only you, man. That was not hilarious. Yeah, that breaking was hilarious. hips. That was hilarious. Trucks and ditches. Yeah. Yeah. I put trucks and ditches, bro. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was a funny one. Yeah, I've had a lot of funny stories. Oh my god! Of course, you bring that one up too. Mm-hmm. I totally forgot about that. That was a good time. Oh my god! <laughs> was it you and Derek? Right? Yeah. Had to come and literally lift my truck. Thank out God, we found you. You were out there in the middle of nowhere. I know, dude. Up in the boonies and ording. God. Young, dumb kids. That was definitely before we were married. Way before we were married. I don't think we were. That was when we were in ording. That was before I even lived here, I think. Right? I think I was still in college, like, way I, early on. Yeah, I'm almost 90 I you were, like, 20 at the time. 19 or 20. You had the Ford Ranger. <laughs> Fucking Ford uh, Ranger. Man, that, that was. Danger Ranger, dude. You could put a shock into that image. Right. I took that thing to 400 or 4,000 miles before I blew a head gasket yeah. and it still drove. I sold it for $250 and the guy drove it away. <laughs> Blowing head gasket 400 or 4,000 miles. Dude, you put that truck through. I don't care what anyone says. Like, fuck, Ford, Ford, fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. You know, I don't care. Brent, that thing. Ford dude, Rangers, they hold in there. Dangerous, though. They don't drive. The back, like the back end of those. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, Sometimes it's like seven million pounds in the front and like two pounds in the back. Dude, and they just slide for days. Everyone's like, sandbags are like, what if the sandbags move, though? <laughs> Man, those are some good times. <laughs> that was a fun truck, though. I spun the, I crashed that thing so many times. I am mauled in Impala all the time. Mauled it. Sliding down the hill, uh, right over like, they're probably like a block away from your house, um, over by the grocery store over here. I was coming down the hill. It was right after I got off work, probably like six, seven in the morning. I don't know. Something caught my ADHD brain. I remember looking right, looking left. The Impala stopped. I hit the brakes. My truck slid. I destroyed the back of this Impala. Like it, there was no more trunk. Okay. <laughs> just gone. I just hurt my bumper back on and drove off. Dude, nothing happened to my, my truck took that. It was so crazy. Like, man. 
I cannot believe those things, dude. I can't believe those things. It makes me want to buy like around that same year. I want to get the forerunners like that. Cause they're just, they're just like bulletproof vehicles. I mean, it's kind of sketchy because, like, the reason cars crunch is so you don't die because, like, the force gets taken from the crunch. But I'm still healer. Right. I mean, um, I think I'm smart. I don't know. <laughs> I try. <laughs> I'm also the best driver, so. I can't argue with that. You're pretty wild for Yeah, I don't have the best record for it. So, speaking of crazy vehicles, we were just talking about UFOs. So, let's dive into this just for fun. <laughs> Unidentified flying objects. <laughs> So I'm talking about UFOs on other people's podcasts, how I feel about them. And I'll give the quick spiel on how I feel about them. And then we'll kind of go off on rant. I just feel that when people point to it, it just feels like it's a religion, right? You, you don't know the answer. You don't know the answer. So you point to it. I'm sorry if I hurt anyone's feelings. I just, I feel like science is always a better way. Like, and I understand philosophy because philosophy is what science can't explain. That's pretty much the biggest gap between science and any philosophy and i just feel like that's going to be pushed into philosophy and i can't take it as fact i would need so much more i would need some evidence for it to jump from philosophy to a science-based thing and it just well, feels I mean, like what about the drake theory what's the drake theory the drake theory the guy who came up with the algorithm that calculates the potentiality of how much life is just in our solar system well that would be a theory then no, well, I mean, right. Fact. But I mean, the potentiality and yeah. how many stars and how many solar systems that we can see uh, that exist at this moment. I mean, uh, I agree. The, the unlikelihood that there is no life, in my opinion, is zero. There has to be life. No without matter, a doubt. Would, no matter what. I mean, whether it's uh, a microorganism uh, or if it's a being that we're able to communicate with or being so large that we're minute, we're like an ant to mm -hmm. it. So it doesn't even take its time to communicate. We can't even communicate with it, vice versa. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's huge. I mean, there's so many things we don't understand that's out there. Mm -hmm. Which I would agree with it. It can absolutely be out there. I just think to the level that it would take for it to come here, it'd be, it would be so hard for us to comprehend it. And for us to say that we, we can't even comprehend it at this moment, would just be so hard and it can be out there it has to be out there it has to without a doubt without a doubt although remember that conversation we had a long time ago what if we're what's left that's even just i scary. mean yeah that was a theory that i've always thought about is what if we're tell me that's not just as scary what if the big bang something bad happened in yeah. the universe and there's so many planets <laughs> and so many solar systems that have what beings are left collected by maybe the most intelligent species in the universe. I don't the really know. The Big Bang was the end. Was the end. Well, not really the end, but you know, like start over. I don't know. We're just like chilling. I mean, I don't really understand how they even come up with the theory of the Big Bang. I just kind of go, okay, because it's I mean, a weird one to it, me. It could potentially still be a theory. I mean, they claim they're believe, able to prove it. I don't believe there is no. I don't know. Well, the Hadron Collider is the. I think the closest thing we have. I believe you're right. That's you're right. Because hmm. they were crashing atoms into each other. Oh, that's crazy. Big Bang Theory is pretty wild. I mean, even the idea of just life is pretty wild, how it's created. I, I feel like if life came from anything, it makes most sense to me. We're all based off of action and reaction. That's where most of our ideas, that's where most of our stuff, we're just very advanced. And we think we have these crazy thoughts, but really a lot of your thoughts based off what's, what's in front of you. Right. Everything is just reaction, action, reaction. It's just a constant of that. That's really all it is. And then you have this little thing in your brain that stores 
your memories of your action reactions. That's all it is to me. And it's just a consistency of that times 300 million. And then that develops your, what you call your personality. And you kind of have your own little quirks that you get developed from like, but I still think all these quirks and stuff are going to come like a lot of people's funny personality comes from maybe the way that they're, I, I don't know where they picked on as a kid. So it was the way that they got over it or, or you picked on that you became a psychopath. You know, there's so many more, so many routes that can go on, but ultimately you were picked on and that was what developed. It wasn't just developed because you're a psychopath. Right. I mean, just basically all your social interactions, example, but, right. I've basically built your character. That so, your own personal thoughts. It's really simple, honestly, right? It's not a very complex idea. It's just created, it's just that simplicity created a very complex thing, but it started very simple. So I just feel like it's almost like, and we are pretty much 90% water, right? I think our 70, is that the Something number? Something like that. It's a big number. So I just feel like we're some sort of energy. We're some sort yeah. of carbon-based Well, I mean, the scientists that have broken down the fact they said that we're, you know, atoms. Yeah. And once you go through, we're just... Yeah. There's nothing that we're not solid being. We just, you know, that's what it seems like through. there was a piece of carbon in some water, some light, some energy smashed into it at some crazy rate and did something that I don't quite understand yet and kickstarted what we call life. And it's simply that. And it's just an action reaction based thing that happens. I don't know. Or, or there's some dude up there with a the beard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't want to get Well, what that. I mean, it's, it's yeah. not to say the Big Bang, you know, the dinosaurs died 65 million years ago, and yeah. before them was the plants or whatever. Well, who's to say? Who's not to say? The Big Bang isn't God going, smart, let's see what happens. Right. I mean, I, I don't, that whole theory, again, and again, when I talk about that, that's 100% philosophy, and that's what I mean. That's where I feel like the aliens are in that same theory right there. Because when we talk about the Big Bang, I mean, not the Big Bang, maybe. Big Bang's hard. Because there's a lot of science towards it. I feel like there's more science towards it, but you can't say it's fact. Right. But it's still floating up there with that same idea of where we came from. And I just feel like aliens are still in that theory for me. It's not even close to the scientific or, or fact to it. It's still floating up in that in that philosophy range. And I need a little bit more. I just need a little bit more. I still got skeptical hippo-ass. Well, I mean, it's like, have you seen that new movie, Alien? I think it's called Alien. Uh, or no, it's... Uh, uh, Crap, I'm having a brain fart with it. Uh, Is it a documentary? No, it's a, it's a movie. Um, I'm lost. I can't remember. I, I got to look it up for a second. Okay. A second. Yeah, do your thing. I haven't seen an alien movie in a while. I can't remember. It's been a little bit. But in the movie, uh, the in the beginning of the, of, the, of the, I think it's the first or the second movie, uh, they show uh, a higher level intelligent species coming to planet Earth, right? And they drink this like liquid and it like melts him from the inside out and his DNA gets mixed in with some type of uh, bacteria or something in the river. And then later on forms into us, you know, eventually over maybe millions of years. No, that's a wild. You know, a movie I did enjoy that was very space and all that crazy stuff was interstellar, man. That had a crazy fun theory too. With like when he, when he went to like that fifth dimension with string theory. Did you see that? When he mm -hmm. jumped from the like planet to planet, dimension to dimension, and all that stuff, and was trying to find the uh, life base for Earth for Earth to move to because the uh, planet Earth was dying. That was a crazy movie. <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right let's all right. go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun. <laughs> Did you find the movie over there yet? No? Mm -hmm. 
can't yeah. remember what it's called. It's, I don't know. I'll have to look into it. If you guys figure it out, uh, whoever's listening, send me a message. Let me know. You can let a brother know. Uh, speaking of movies, you know a movie actually I did just watch that you had told me to watch forever and I just couldn't watch? What is it? I watched Pitch Perfect. What? I never watched it and you called me one day and you watched it and you're like, Fat Amy, and you raved and you're like, it's fucking hilarious. And I was like, mm-hmm. I watched it with my wife and it is fucking hilarious. It's very hilarious. It is so damn funny, dude. Those, I laughed. Those women can sing. I laughed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, they can. That was awesome. And I love I love a female's voice. That's one of my favorite style singings ever. Um, Fatty Mercury, I would argue, is one of the best singers ever just because of the range. Granted, I'm not a singing expert by no means, but Freddie Mercury really could sing. But I still enjoy female voices more than I enjoy a male's voice in singing-wise. Right. I love Whitney Houston's voice. Fucking Mariah Carey has a gorgeous voice. I just Or Dell. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I know a lot of people that like that raspy male style voice. It's not my style. I just enjoy nice. My dad grew up. I uh, He loved Celine Dion. He had like every Celine Dion album. So I grew up listening to it. So that probably dictated a lot of me listening to that, I would imagine. So, yeah. <laughs> well, guys, I think that's going to get to the end of us right now. That's been a very, very fun podcast, my man. I really appreciate it. <laughs> Quite the fun conversation. You know you'll get back on here soon. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. You know, I'm uh, come check me out on my Facebook, Cam James Corner. Um, I'm also on Spotify, Anchor. Uh, I'm doing my live on Twitch, Twitch slash TV slash Twitch dot TV slash Cam to the Jam 1991. Come check me out if you're a gamer. All right, guys. It's been fun. Take it easy.